Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Monday, June 9th, 2014, and this is the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond, hoping that you all had a fun and relaxing weekend, and hopefully this will be a very entertaining podcast to kick off your work week. And speaking of work, this will be the first full week, I guess work week, I should say, Monday through Friday, that we won't have any baseball games that I have to work. So that's going to be kind of weird having a normal work week because it's just been... It's been crazy the last couple of months, and hopefully that means that I will have more time to put into this show and get you guys some awesome guests, which I I have gotten several that we'll get to in a second. But the first thing I wanted to talk about, and really the only thing, because news is uh, kind of light, which I mean, we have E3 coming up, which is a huge video game convention. I know those of you that also listen to the Nerd Cave, you'll know what E3 is, but just to give a quick rundown of what it is, E3 is the Electronics Entertainment Expo. It's held in LA every June, and it's the biggest video game convention of the year. It's when companies like Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony, they unveil all their big games when they're going to come out. Usually that's when they unveil their new consoles. So from a gamer perspective, I'm really excited about it. And actually tonight, we will be having a special pre-E3 edition of the Nerd Cave. Usually we have episodes that come out on Tuesday, but we'll be recording that show tonight. So you should definitely check it out because I imagine it'll probably be up around 8 o'clock or so, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. But back to what I was originally going to say was the only big news on my part is I'm actually going to be working on the crew of The Actor Factor, which you guys may remember I've had Naraj Trivedi, Jalene Vicente, and Adele Palfrey on recently discussing that show. The It's the web series about the four women that want to get into acting. So that's going to be fun to do. That's actually going to start this upcoming weekend. And hopefully that means I'll get more guests as well. Which, before we get to my introing our guest this week, I'll go ahead and name off just a few of the people that you'll be hearing on this show in the next several weeks. Next week, we'll actually be having two guests again. We will be having uh, aspiring actresses Brandy Merriweather and Kayla Campbell from the Lost Souls film. And Kayla Campbell is also a model, so we'll be delving into the world of modeling as well. That's going to be a lot of fun to hear. Add two other cast members coming up from the Lost Souls. There are four main characters, and I'm getting to interview all four of them, which is pretty cool. Uh, Whitney, and forgive me if both of you are listening to this, if I mispronounce your last names. I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Whitney Manin, or Whitney Manin, I'm not sure. And Marianne Delgalago, I believe is how you said it. It was actually mentioned on the Naraj interview about how she had a really long name and it was really hard to pronounce. So if I mispronounce those, then I do apologize. And Marianne is also from The Actor Factor. I'll be interviewing Michelle Rhodes, who is also from The Actor Factor. 
director Jason Sheedy from the short film Patient, the local Pensacola rock band Timberhawk, and former Disney interactive animator Matt Dowring. Another name that hopefully I'm not butchering here. But those are just a few of the guests that will be coming up over the next several weeks. But this week I have a very, very special episode for you guys to hear. I've mentioned several times that I work with the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, and I've been fortunate enough to have a few people from the Blue Wahoos on the show. Well, that's also happening this week, and it will also feature my first two returning guests those being Adam Waldron, also from the Unicorn Wranglers, and broadcast trainee Joey Trincali. For those of you that know us, you know that shenanigans are pretty rampant in the press box, and the three of us being the big movie buffs that we are, and having conflicting opinions on some of the recent summer releases, I felt that it needed to be settled on the podcast, so... Stick around for that. We also discuss uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the upcoming Star Wars film, which all three of us are extremely excited about. And you'll get to hear why Adam thinks that Twister is the greatest motion picture of all time, or at least his favorite. I don't know if he actually thinks it's the greatest, but it's definitely his favorite. And I know that sounds random, but I think you'll like his reasons why. So sit back and listen to the movie debate between myself, Adam, and Joey. Back here on the Derek Diamond Experience with my two special guests who who are going to be debating some movies, which I'm very excited to hear. And I'll, of course, throw in my opinions as well. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Adam Waldron. Uh, I am the lead singer and bassist for a little band called the Unicorn Wranglers. Uh, and uh, my job here is really just to beat my counterpart, Joey Trincali, <laughs> in everything he says today, because it's going to be outrageous, it's going to be outlandish. Hey, my name's Joey Trincali. Um, I'm here to be beaten Hold by on. Adam. <laughs> Joey, no radio voice. Come on! <laughs> That's not my radio voice. This is just Which, me. Joey, no radio voice. But uh, you, you guys are actually the first two-time guests, Yes, which is pretty cool. But um, unlike the uh, the baby boy right here, um, there's only one at the top of the hill as far as uh, downloads and ratings. Uh, <laughs> 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 that, that was recorded, <laughs> but it, but it's that all right. Was Denise Richardson. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I'm also a big groupie of the Unicorn Wranglers. That's another job of mine. Uh, but yeah, I'm here to be uh, taken down by Adam today. <laughs> That's a great start. Derek, are we going to have to put a mature rating on this? Uh, probably so. All right. All right. We'll, we'll go ahead. Let's, let's I, get down. Let's get I, down to brass taxes here. I've had more explicit episodes than that, okay, so good. it's all right. I know. Willis has been on the program. Yeah, this is... <laughs> yes, that is true. So... I guess I'll start with the uh, three movies that we've seen this summer. The first, Godzilla. Your thoughts? You want you want to take it on, Joe? Well, I don't think there's too many bad things to say about Godzilla. I, if I think of Godzilla the movie, 
this is what I thought about it going into it. Um, you know, I, obviously, I think we all had a some bad taste in our mouth left over from uh, the 1998 version. Yep. The 98 version. And I think almost what that did was kind of cloud people's judgment because you almost had to go back and watch the originals because this Godzilla movie went back more towards those originals. And um, so really, uh, for, for me, once I kind of got past the... Uh, you know, uh, the the blockbuster side of the whole movie and, you know, thinking of, you know, I, when I went in there, I was like, oh, how's this going to compare to movies like The Dark Knight and, you know, big, you know, Iron Man, big blockbuster, summer blockbuster movies. Once I got past that and just said, no, it's Godzilla, we should all just have a good time and watch some monsters fight and destroy a city and little people running around trying to stop them or, you know, whatever. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, Spoiler alert, there's <laughs> monsters and there's, yeah. and there's upset citizens. <laughs> no yeah. one knew that was coming. Yeah, well, well once, once you get past all that, I, I think once, and, and that took me about 20, 20 30 minutes into the movie, um, and I once I got past that, then I really saw the film for what it was and, and really what they were doing and how it compared to the old films, and uh, I thought it was, it was one of the best, if not so far the best uh, movie this summer. Um, I'd say my biggest flaw was the, the mismarketing of the film. Uh, Walter White <laughs> was supposed to be Spoiler in. alert! I thought, I thought, I just, I, it just confused, um, confused me why they would market it that he was, yeah. Am because he's a big this? star now. Yeah. Can you put, I, a, yeah, can we put to, a spoiler alert on the top? Am we I allowed to talk it. about well, this yeah, part? Yeah, yeah. Okay, spoiler alert. He doesn't make it that long. <laughs> About 20 minutes. And you know what? For me, I was a little confused, but I was not a Breaking Bad fan. So, to me, a real loss. I just felt like I thought he was going to be a main part of the movie, and I thought that his presence would make it sort of Inception-y and, and Dark Knight-like, that it could really have some serious acting in it. Yeah, I think I think he could have... I, I, I agree. I agree with you full-heartedly that... We're sitting here 30 minutes in the movie, and he's no longer going to be in the rest mm-hmm. of the film. Um, I, I just don't know if that was really the best idea. I mean, it do, does it really add much to the plot? Like, Derek, what, what do you think? As far as... Because I don't see it affecting the character moving on that his father died. There's really no... Yeah. No. There's no... That if he lived or died did not... It didn't make a difference. Yeah. My thing is, and I thought of this after... The movie it kind of added a little bit of unpredictability to it because if you kill off the main character then you give off this oh no one is safe kind of mentality where you don't know what's going to happen yeah i you know i i agree i think it could have been done later still and kept it unpredictable i mean it was literally like 35 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. 40 minutes it could have been done an hour and a half in yeah um I don't know. That was my only. That was really my only qualm. I thought the movie was fantastic. I thought it was really fun. But yeah. like I, said. I, I, and I'm sure we will definitely get there. I, I know we'll definitely get there. But um, I disagree with you on that last statement. Where I think doing it earlier rather than later, and we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get to that movie we'll in there. a little bit. Doing it earlier rather than later, I think in the long run is more beneficial. But let's. That's a discussion for for a later movie, and I think we all know what we're talking about. 
I think Adam's right though that it was entertaining. It was monsters fighting monsters, and it. But at the same time, it still had a little bit more than that. I think what I said afterwards when we had seen it is I thought it actually did a really good job making you care about the characters a little bit. And a lot of times, monster movies, the reason why they don't work as well is because you, you don't really you see the devastation and you're like, meh, whatever. But with this movie, I felt like you actually got the like kind of cringeworthy feeling when the water is like coursing through the city and you have like kids getting separated from families and you can't communicate with anyone and it, and it actually felt like for a second like oh wow you know it actually would be kind of terrifying if Godzilla was roaming through my city instead of just like oh yeah Godzilla which it still had that element but I think it was nice that there was still a bit where it's like wow this would be really terrifying if this actually happened so I think they towed that line pretty well and that's why it was more enjoyable for me one comment you made after we saw X-Men, which we'll get into next, is with X-Men, you had to process a lot of information because you're going between the future and the past. With this, you didn't. It's just monsters fighting. Let's see what happens. And I, you know, going in and seeing the movie, I think if it's not, and I know this might be outlandish, but if it's not nominated for some type of an Academy Award for special effects... I think that's an injustice because I'm not going to lie. I have never seen a scene. It's been a long time since I've seen a scene as cool as when they do the halo jump out yeah. of. That's the first yeah. thing that comes to mind. I mean, it's it's almost like they knew that that, that was going to be the pinnacle of the movie. This this was going to be the rising action is this scene. And they had that they had that in their mind right when they just began the movie and because it was so well thought out from the music to the visual effects to the to, silence to the silence. I yeah. mean everything around it was perfect and I it, it might be and no, I it is probably about the 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 best two and a half minutes of the whole yeah it's an movie. awesome sequence it, it it really is I mean the visuals are just yeah, I think throughout the visual the, the visuals were stunning. Yeah. I mean, visually the movie was fantastic. It and and I don't know, I don't it, it just felt different than like a what is that 2012. Yeah. You know, it felt yeah. different than your traditional Michael Bay What was the other one? Like a disaster movie. Cloverfield. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I don't know, it's something about it. I don't know if it was just how what the what the coloring was on it or, or what it was, shot. how it was shot, with the visual effects they chose, maybe just something about it. It it was it felt different from your your big monsters are destroying a city type movie. Yeah. X Men, what'd you guys think of that? I enjoyed X Men. I don't know if I'm gonna go as far as you to say that was your favorite X Men, Derek, correct? Yes, it is. I thought that I thought it was really good. Personally, I really liked the um, X Men First Class, just in general. Yeah. And so I I liked that cast, and I thought that was all well done. And so because of that, I enjoyed a large. Not that I don't. I was so happy to see you know Xavier and Magneto and Ian McKellen come back and mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart. That was awesome. But I, I thought that there was. It, there wasn't too much jumping back and forth, but there was a lot of processing going on. And that was probably the only thing I'd say that took away from the movie. 
because you you did have to really not that it was confusing but there was just like a lot of things going on um but it was definitely enjoyable i mean it's a great summer movie and it was a it was a very good x-men yeah I, I agree with a lot of those statements you know um you you got a lot of you got a lot of good questions in there. I got, I got. <laughs> Joe, you um, ask a lot of great yeah, questions. Joe, you ask a lot of great questions. No, um, but I, I think I think they were able to kind of balance out. Obviously, to me, the the you know the the series has always really revolved around Wolverine, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman, and all that. So I think it was right that he was the one that was going. It made sense forth. for him to be the one to yes. do it. Yes, it, it, it made sense for that, to be that bridge between the future and the past. and um, For good reason. Yeah, and I, think, and I think that is what tied everything together. Um, because if you didn't have him tying the future and the past, I think you would have gotten a really rocky movie. You would have gotten really tough to follow. You would have had to probably set up a lot more. It was a pretty simple setup for that movie. I mean, yeah, they, they, they set it up uh, how they were going to do the whole entire thing. Within the first 10 minutes of the film, you know, yeah. the first fight sequence with the girl and the, you know, sending back the guy to warn him and all that. Yeah. Set it up, explained it, easy to understand. Hugh Jackman's the only one that could make it back that far, so we're going to send him. Boom. There. Now, we don't have to worry about that. It doesn't have to really drag on our mind about it anymore we understand how it's working um so i was simpler than like star trek yes which i really like star trek but that's still confusing as i'll get out this made more sense than that i would think yeah Yeah. i i totally agree with that and you talked about it they focus more on xavier in this movie rather than magneto rather than magneto and i thought that was cool and i also really enjoyed First class because they focused on the Magneto story. I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm a big Michael Fassbender fan. I think he's just fantastic. Yeah, so he's I wouldn't awesome. mind to see a little bit more of him um, in the film, but I don't know. I thought I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good. Yeah, good, good I, I, I thought the only the only kind of on on that whole thing is is. You know the portrayal of of the young Magneto and everything. Um, you know, I I I I don't know. I felt like at, at times his character seemed a little shallow. I think they could have the writers could have maybe dug a little bit a little bit deeper. You know, they they set up such a, uh, a such a great story with him and you know in the first one, and I feel like he was just still. I I don't know. He kind of. Did feel a little out of place because he was still angry at the world, but kind of not. But and it didn't really. I I, I feel like they could have dug that a little bit deeper in the second movie. Um, maybe been able to pull a little bit of emotion because I kind of he was he came out a little predictable. Yeah. In this one, you know. But I think that sets it up too for whatever they do with the next one. I think you can kind of delve back because you you don't really know. That's the one thing you don't really see at the end of the movie. Is what's going on with Magneto? What what's happened over the last you know, forty years with him? Yeah, you actually you don't see him or Mystique at the end of the film. Derek shaking his head. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's uh. Huh. See, I think that and it I all call him okay. the best color man in the league for nothing, <laughs> folks. 
Fly ball. Caught. <laughs> <laughs> I just was trying to say, Derek was answering no, and people can't see. So I, pro- I, was, I was telling them. I probably should have thought of that. <laughs> what was going on? I don't know, yeah. Joey sets up the scene. <laughs> when that movie was announced, the thing that concerned me the most was the balance between the original cast and the new one. But the way they did it, I thought was, it was more than a cameo for the original cast, but they didn't overshadow the first class cast. Like they should have been the focal point of it because they're the future of the franchise. So I, I thought they pulled off the movie really well. Yeah, and they left an, enough unknowns to yeah. keep doing more. So Yeah, I'd agree. I think that, that was my big my biggest fear might have been more about the concept actually. Just the but that that's similar to yours. It's just Yeah. It's just making it simple enough but also interesting and intriguing. And I, I go back to what you said. I think it was good to have Wolverine as the, kind of the go-between. Yeah. And that, and that worked. And you, you still got, you know, your Wolverine quips in, uh, you know, in the seventies or whatever. Yeah. It's good. And and I think I think with his his own origins movies and the ones that he's done, I think he's played that role between you, you know that that was his natural role because they built it that way. You know, he there's enough backstory. We know enough about him. That you can do that. You, he can be the go-between. If they would have stuck anyone else in that role, I mean, how long had it been since we've seen an old cast member? Yeah. He, he was the only old cast member that has been in recent movies. Like if they had yeah. the ice, uh, yeah. ice guy with him. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Thank you. Then... You know, you have to explain what he's been doing. Yes, yeah. You don't have to years. expose yeah. what, what Wolverine's been doing, we know. Yeah. All right, Adam. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I'm going to hit Joey with a lightsaber because it's Spider-Man. You're just, the people are going to listen to this and, and they're, they're not going to feel the same way that you feel. <laughs> Your grievances on Amazing Spider-Man 2. All right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> this is All right. Spoiler alert. I did not know much about Spider-Man outside of Tobey Maguire. Uh, and emo Tobey Maguire was my qualm in, in those movies. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Derek is now enthusiastically <laughs> as if he is emo Tobey. Or excuse me, actually, I guess that's reformed. Toby Maguire from Emo uh, because he's he's yeah. he's angry but he's also dangerous. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Let's just let's move on. Yeah, from sorry, those. keep going, keep going. <laughs> okay. Loved the first one. The first Spider Man loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, Andrew Garfield plays the character so well. Emma Stone. The chemistry between them just I mean, you I don't know, I don't think they knew it was going to be that good. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think they would have done given her the character that they given her. Yeah. Because my major qualm with it is the ending, and I, I I know that the I know that the 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 you know the fanatics are gonna sit there and say, well, that's the that's what the comics books did. You gotta go by that, and I don't know if you do. I I don't think it was done right. I don't think it. it I have not seen the movie again since. Um, and you know, Joey's going to start talking here and I'm just going to then come right back in, but I, I do not like the end of the movie. So 
Prompt me if you will, Joey. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I think that Adam is more upset about how it happened and less that it happened. Yes, exactly. That. No, that that is And that I is think exactly. that there is some merits to that. But I also think that the way they did it, and, and you can agree with this, and you feel a little hurt by it as a, as a viewer, but it was devastating. It was. So in that regard, it got the job done. Because isn't that how we're supposed to feel? Devastated? But is that how you're supposed to feel when you walk out of the movie theater? Sometimes there's movies that are... Schindler's List was a movie? <laughs> is that not acceptable? Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> I just acceptable. mean there are sad, depressing movies. I know that Spider-Man shouldn't necessarily be sad or depressing, but the whole point is that this is a devastating moment for Peter Parker. And now it sets us up for the third movie. How does he deal with this? What's his? Uh, does he use Spider-Man as kind of a crutch? How okay. does he go about right. his life now? All right, All right. tag in. I'm tagging in there on this. <laughs> okay, I understand what you're saying, and you're and you're right. You know, if if the goal of the movie was to really feel what Peter Parker feels and to really just kind of hit him in the teeth, then yes, they did it correctly. The problem was, to me, in in the movie world, I don't think that was correct. I said it from day one. If that was how it was going to end and that's how it was going to go down, allude to it earlier. Either make it happen earlier, do it at the beginning, and then have it flashback to then. I don't like but, that. Though. But this is my thing. This is my thing. Uh-huh. I spend two hours sitting in a theater, getting to know these people, going through their ups and downs with them, loving their chemistry, loving everything that they're doing on the screen. It's great. And then she dies, and that's it. And I'm sitting here, there's, from she dies, to she's being buried, to a month goes by, six months, a year. We go through the four seasons. Whoa, 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 hold on, I'm still trying to process she died. That I do agree with you with, that uh, after she died, it was just kind of, okay, let's move on to the next thing. And really, but I think the point is that he he couldn't move on in the next thing. He really still doesn't feel like he can unless he's Spider Man. Unless he's Spider Man, he 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 doesn't Batman. want to be Peter Parker anymore. He wants to be. Spider-Man. Let's take a look at the great Christopher Nolan, Batman. I agree. I think that's a great idea. All right, okay. a major death of a character, love interest mm-hmm. uh, to Batman. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. Uh, even though I, it makes sense, obviously, with, with the character change and everything. It was just easier to do that. Yeah. Um, but when was that done in the film? W- look at it. When yeah, was it done I in the film? it was done in like the, the second half, but towards the middle. Yeah. Uh, I would say around the two-third mark. Yeah. Would, would that be correct? Mm-hmm. That gave me time to understand what happened. To then understand what is happening to the character that it is affecting, and for for really the character to be able to sit there and show some emotion rather than just staying at graveside watching some seasons go by, I think it happened too late. I think, cool. I think they could have taken out maybe the Harry Osborn stuff, and then that would have given them enough time to be able to move her death a little bit up, you know, thirty minutes. Yeah. And then giving us 30 minutes, get us to another final fight, get us something ending on, oh man, uh, well now I'm going to have to wait two two years or a year or whatever and, and 
she's dead. So what are they gonna do? Who's next? They didn't introduce any new characters. I don't think that was smart. I don't think that was smart. I think they should have at least had a cameo something. by Mary and Jane, even if it was just something. a br- brief reference. Yeah, that's what I would have done. You needed something. But my my things, I still go back to the idea that it makes it makes me interested. And what's next? Think back to the first Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire and Tiny Teeth. Okay, the second one sort of ends with a nice bow on it, and because of that, it really felt like they reached in the third movie for storylines for things like that. The, I, the, the, the problem with that movie is it was way too convoluted. I, I, way too I, I don't things. think those are. I don't think you can compare those two. I don't think. I think there are more times. I'm just saying. I think that now. There, it's. I'm interested, and there's more stories to be told with Spider-Man because of what happened here at the end of the second movie. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this. I. It all comes back to. Uh, it all comes back to. He wanted to, he wanted to sell the entire scene. He wanted to sell five thousand tickets. I go. We. I just want to go ahead and congratulate uh, <laughs> Michael Taylor. I didn't sell it for next season. Oh, oh man. Next all season. right. Shut saying. up. We're doing a podcast. Uncalled <laughs> <laughs> for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Joey. Yes. All right. John left. We're sitting here. We're we're sitting here, and we just went through all this stuff. I just don't. I, you got to give me something because this isn't a TV show. This isn't a television program. Where it's okay, you're gonna be back in six, seven months, or oh man, I'm gonna have to wait till next week. You know, this is oh, I gotta wait two years to find out what is going to happen to Spider-Man. It's it's not even a cliffhanger; it's a depressing hanger. It's a uh, leaves me with nothing. I just feel miserable, and I know that, and I know that's how Peter Parker is supposed to feel. But I don't want to feel that way. It. Drop kicking to the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, he has not seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie. Oh. Uh, well, then you know I what. Enjoyed it. You know. Yeah. I know, the, I know it's a sad ending. It is. But then he then he beats the rhino with a. Uh, with, <laughs> a with a manhole with cover. A manhole cover. It's a good I mean, point. And he deflects a rocket with it too, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I really think a shout-out needs to go to that manhole cover company (laughs) creating such a solid product. Shout-out to manhole covers. Yeah. Good job. I guess we'll see you in the uh, new Ninja Turtle movie. Yikes! Are you not in the Ninja Turtle movie now? Are we going to have a problem, Adam? I don't know this is. Who is this this guy? uh, Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Michael Taylor, group sales. Pensacola Blue Wahoos. You're welcome. But Okay, listen, my thing is, I I understand what you're saying, and I understand that you're sad about how it ended. I just think that, I just think that it it creates stories to be told in the future, and I appreciate that. And I'm saying, create those stories, but do it at the two-thirds mark, give me some time to digest it, because... You guys were with me when I walked out of that theater with my with my my bucket of popcorn, (laughs) and I was very very upset that I had a bucket of popcorn, and you know I I was so sick to my stomach I couldn't even eat it. (laughs) 
sure that wasn't because it was a bucket of popcorn? Well, I mean, <laughs> it is a three dollar fifty uh, cent refill. <laughs> Michael, it was a pretty big bucket. Yeah, it's it's the big bucket. Michael's so curious. It's twenty. It's twenty bucks, and then you only yeah, have to pay three fifty for the refill. Why was it so full at the end? Because I got it, and I was so sick at the end of the movie, I couldn't eat the popcorn. Yeah, but that's the end of the movie. You're eating the popcorn during the movie. How much popcorn do you think I can eat? <laughs> I don't know. It's just... I mean, I, I, mean I, can eat a, I can eat a nice size bucket of popcorn. <laughs> I can't eat a whole bucket of popcorn. I'm not saying, but I'm sure this is a pretty big bucket. Is this big. is a large bucket. Were you bucket. by yourself? Well, Heather wasn't eating in the bucket it's of pretty popcorn, much so it was by yeah. myself. You can take it home and save it for later. All right. That's actually what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some about Dale. I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna be able to meet eye to eye on the Spider-Man. Issue. We're never gonna be able to meet meet eye to eye on the Spider-Man issue, and I feel like we might come back to it later. But Derek moves moves <laughs> forward. Because I just I, I it's. I thought, had, it was, I thought it was good. They was had good I no, I, and it was a great movie. I just had a problem with the ending. I did not think they did it right. I did not see it coming, and that's part of my fault because I didn't know the history of Spider-Man, and I understand that. But you got to ask yourself how many people are going to know and how many people aren't. True. You know. I didn't know. But the reason too is that they haven't introduced Mary Jane, and I'm excited about that now because I think Mary Jane is a strong character, which Tiny Teeth did not do very well. And I think because she's a strong character, she can be a rehabilitative character for Peter Parker and I think that's interesting. I think, I think they should just take Emma Stone, give her her red hair and we'll just keep That's what I said. I, I know that sounds stupid and dumb and it would <laughs> never going to happen but I honestly think in the long run I think it would pay because I don't think they counted on their chemistry. Their chemistry. Really yeah. I didn't think that. They were like oh yeah she's been in some stuff. She's did a good job. Alright it's going to be good you know but then it was like Oh, well, they man. are dating in real life. Yeah. So, all right, all right. Uh, since it was brought up earlier, I gotta ask: Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out. It's gonna be better than Transformers: Dawn of Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's Transformers not Transformers with dinosaurs. At least Ninja Turtles don't have dinosaurs. <laughs> like, if I saw Donatello running around with a raptor or a Bronchiosaurus or something. Uh, then yeah, I you, you know my my problem with these these because that, that's another Michael Bay one, right? Yeah. Produced, produced. But my problem with Michael Bay, and it's always been my problem with Michael Bay, except for the first Transformers movie, I thought he did the perfect job in that movie, and I think it really showed. But my big problem with him is the mass destruction of places. You know, it's how how much bigger. Can you make the destruction? How much bigger can the giant spaceship that sucks up an entire city be? You know? And I just, I totally, I don't know what's happening over here. We're recording this in the press box and some shenanigans are going on. <laughs> I agree with you, Adam. You do, but do you, and, and, and I'm not judging. It wasn't too big in the first movie. Yeah, and that's why I like the first Transformers. And I don't, I, I can't cast judgment on to Ninja Turtles. I cannot. Not yet. I, I can't. I can't do it yet. But from the previews that I saw, and let's just say the way that and Michael and the way that Michael Bay has been going about with the recent Transformer series, and even this coming up Transformer series. I mean, I already saw the giant spaceship fly in and pick up a giant ship and drop it on like eight buildings, and I'm like. 
when does that just become too much to try and process in your mind? And when people go and watch these movies, I mean, I think the, the small little tight-knit group of Transformers 1 where, you know, and even their, the, the place that they fought in, to me, I, I think they did. They fought on a real set, didn't they? It was like a real so, area. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, we were, it was in the third one. They're running through the building as the building's falling down. Yeah. And, and it's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Joe. Spoiler. Right? That wasn't real. Hey, I thought we were um, doing this today. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, in Transformers 1, they had that fighting. It all looked very realistic. It was like on one street. It was scaled down. Easy to move. Easy to understand where characters are going. Not, oh, giant things are coming in and picking up, you know, stuff and... Yeah, I would say that his track record doesn't make me necessarily excited for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I want to see a little bit more about it. Agree, agree, because the the trailer right now is like a minute. Yeah. And the second trailer is the same exact first trailer, so that also kind of scares me because there's no addition to the second trailer, which either means that they don't have anything else or, or I don't know. But I, I think that... I think that it just, I don't know, there's something about the trailer when you watch it where you're not, like, super excited about it. Yeah, and like I said, because I think, to me, it's because I I saw things that looked very Transformer-ish. And that that thing, it it needed to be, and I mean, same to the same with the lens flares and the, you know, just kind of that same look as Transformers, that I'm like, oh, man. Nah. Like, they, they could have gone off. Great example. Back to Christopher Nolan. Not saying Christopher Nolan's the greatest director in the world, because there's stuff that I don't think he did a good job on. Like and what? Producers. Well, we'll get to there. I mean, that was just trying to trying not to. So you're uh, talking about Superman. Yes. <laughs> Superman, Superman, or what was Man of Steel, had a very different look than The Dark Knight. And, and who did that one? The same guy that did Watchmen, right? Um, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. And I think what was good was Christopher Nolan let Zack Snyder do Zack Snyder on Man of Steel. Whereas Michael Bay is doing Michael Bay on Ninja Turtles. Yeah. It's not, you know, it, 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 it's going to look like Transformers. And I think that that's my problem with it. You know, if, if he wanted to do it, let... Don't don't make it look like everything else, you know. So what uh, what has Christopher Nolan done that you did not like? Since you you hinted at it, so you got to say it. You know, I was just that was just to try to soften the blow. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I really do like a lot of Nolan work. Uh, I couldn't really even think of a single one. That Here, here's a good like. question, and I'm not knocking you for this. I'm just curious to know why. Why? Do you consider Twister to be? Oh my God! Right. <laughs> He's Terry. got to stand up for this. Dare you taking my job? <laughs> Twister. Okay, we're gonna have a little conversation about Twister. I, by far, when that movie came out, greatest special effects movie of all times. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. Of all time, well, I, I, when that movie came out, X Men. Uh, no, X Men no. hadn't came out yet. No, no, X Men hadn't come out yet. Saying the different time zones, the different times. So every single vortex <laughs> was Independence Day X-Men. before or after Twister. I believe it was after, wasn't it? Ninety. Okay. Yeah, it was, was it after Independence Day ninety eight or whatever. Okay. Yeah. See, 
And I, I mean, Twister for me, yeah, I mean, you had Bill Paxton, you had Helen Hunt, you had Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Recipes. Um, you had the guy from Ferris Bueller. I can never remember his name. You got the guy from uh, The Princess Bride. Um, Gary Ellis. that him? Is that the one? I that's can't in remember. It? I can't remember. Yeah, he plays Blondie. Yeah, he yeah. plays the uh, he plays Jonas in the film, who uh, is kind of like their rival storm chaser. Um, I, I think that it, it the movie flowed. Very not Princess Diaries. Princess Bride. Wrong Princess movie. Bride. Like, Wrong movie. <laughs> and yes, I have seen Princess Diaries as well. I heard it was a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Twister. Yeah. Sorry. So I and the movie I it, it had a it had really good flow to it. It, it wasn't clunky. It made sense. It was a simple storyline. Get the thing in the tornado. And we're going to go from scene to scene and see how to do it. There's a little love story in there, a little love triangle, actually. Trying to figure that one out, you know, it's good to play on. Um, it's got action. It's action-packed and a, a, a not in a non-violent way, in more of a, a natural suspense way. Suspense kind of way. Yeah, suspense. I mean, uh, at the time in 1996, when you're sitting there and you're watching the little yellow Toyota pickup truck driving down a ditch with a giant tornado behind it. You really have never seen that up till then. You know, there, there really wasn't any movie that has put that type of perspective. Um, and I think also there was enough realistic elements. Now, Derek, we talked about this and I, obviously I'm sure we're getting to star Wars, but we talked about the realistic elements is, 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 is how much CG is too much CG how much realistic stuff really goes a long ways to, to do it. And, and I think in that, obviously, you had CG cows flying through the air, and I understand um, that. But, you know, thinking of some of the things like the, uh, the, the scene when the, you know, large tornado comes to the movie theater, and you basically, you don't see, you know, you see the tornado at the beginning and as it's moving in, but then from there on out, it's, it's these guys as this building this real set is ripped apart around them and it's a real thing being ripped apart not a michael bay 184 story building falling you know it's a real set it's real it's it looks like it would come down it looks like it it makes the sounds that it would make when it comes down and i think that's what um that's what i uh, uh you know i think that it still holds up being However many years, 19, 20, oh, 20 years, about to be 20 years old. So it's definitely here. your favorite movie of oh, all time. Um, by far, favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I know it's weird. Not even Nothing will be able to unseat it. It's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, even, if I'm just, even if I'm just ignorant and hard-headed and whatever, you know, I think, I think that would just be, go down as my favorite uh, movie of all time. Joey, favorite movie of all time. Oh my gosh, that's really hard. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. <laughs> no, honestly, it is funny. Uh, Prince, the Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's, it's it a good might, one. It might be my favorite. I I want to. I think that the way that the movie is described, or even the book is described, it's like a, a 
a fun-loving love story with action. And like, and he has to. He's trying to explain to the kid at the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, I, Princess Bride. That's gonna be a love story. Someone gonna kiss or whatever. And it's like, no. There's you know, pirates and giants and people fighting and stuff like that. So, I I enjoy movies that can be lighthearted like that. Which is why I was gonna ask you, uh, since we talked about Twister, I think that Guardians of the Galaxy might be able to save the the superhero. Yeah, at the it reminds me of just a fun old sci-fi movie. Yeah, they're I mean that's they're just cool. Yeah, that's why I like to go to the movies just to have fun, get away from everything, and just have a good time. Did you ever watch the television show Firefly? Yes. Okay, that, that's like that's almost like my ideal sort of thing. Yeah, it's like it's fun. There's comedy. There's interesting good characters. Yeah, good acting. Really like in depth. Layered characters, yeah, and I think that I think, yeah, I like that the Princess Bride gives you that, and I think that it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy gives you that, and I don't know that much about it, but I just have enjoyed the trailer so much that I'm psyched for that movie. Oh, we're being judged. Are we? No, we're actually talking about. I said I was going to go for the cat. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I I totally agree. I think it's going to be a really good movie. What what you've made the comments about. Uh, you can't picture Chris Pratt doing something like Guardians of the Galaxy or like him being extremely buff or something. Yes, that's... What, what else has he been in? Because I don't really know that much about him. Um, he's in... I mean, I would say probably his most famous thing is he was, he's in Parks and Recreation. Uh, oh, okay, that's show. it. So is, he he, in, is he in New Girl? No. No, he's not. So he plays kind of a goofy character on that show like where he's like kind of... Awkward and like gangly, not gangly, but like kind of gets in his own way a lot. Um, he's also in a Five Year Engagement. Did you see that one? No, I haven't no, seen it. Jason Siegel, Emily Blunt. Uh, he's in that one, but like I can't. I mean, not to be weird, but like he looks jacked in that movie, and he and I'm just not used to. But I like that. Like I like because he's still kind of a funny, goofy character, and so it feels like to me. He'll be perfect for that because he can be like the superhero that also has like the lighthearted side, which is out of a summer movie coming out on August first. Like I like you know serious intense movies too, but that's I can't ask for anything more than that. Than like something that's a little more that can be lighthearted. I don't need to be like banged on the head with that the, the galaxy is ending and that's all that matters. Yeah, well you you just said you do like serious movies like what what are some of those that you like because the the ones we've talked about mostly have been like comic book or superhero related um i've actually really enjoyed the past few years of probably my favorite like academy award over the last five years i'm a big fan of the king's speech really really enjoyed the king's speech but like i i enjoyed a lot of the uh, movies that came out re recently like zero dark 30 mm -hmm. um american hustle i thought one of the best I haven't films. seen that one, but I've heard really good things. Yeah, it, it was the plot was loose. I mean, there was some things that they really could have tightened up, but acting wise, that that's my big thing is I really enjoy really good acting. So if, if a movie has got good characters with good acting, then I I can be down for it. So, but yeah, I, I have to if I was gonna pick like an Academy Award nominated winning movie over the past five years huge huge fan of the king's speech again another one where it's serious but there's it's not so serious that it bogs you down the whole time there's some lighthearted moments and 
and stuff like that. So I really, I really like that movie definitely. I think uh, you know, looking at looking at some of the movies that that have won, if you, if you look at the ones that have won and the ones that have been nominated to win, I think Argo. Argo was yeah. very like Argo. Argo was very refreshing. It, you know, it was historical. Once again, you kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, but, but they still made it exciting. I yeah, the, yeah, the, the the amount of suspense they created uh, was was really good. And I mean, um, bye guys. Bye everybody. We'll go find Drew the cat. Yep. Enjoy. <laughs> um, the uh, the kind of the, the 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 you know the 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 suspense they were able to build in that, and really towards the end of the movie, it, it just I remember sitting in a I was sitting in a small little theater. It wasn't even a big theater, and uh, I was just were they going to make it out? That was the only thing that even was going through my even though I knew they yeah, were. I thought that was good, but that was movie still the making. only thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was textbook yeah. sus- suspense building. Um, I think. Uh, I've got two more that are that are right up there. Um, the quantum, uh, no, not the quantum solace. Uh, Skyfall. Um, I was about to say, I will, <laughs> yeah, not the quantum solace. You'll be kicked not off this episode if you say quantum uh, solace. Skyfall. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Uh, love the books, love the movies, seen every single one of them. Skyfall, uh, by far one of the best James Bond movies ever made. I put it right up there with uh, some some of uh, Goldfinger, uh, Doctor No from Russia with Love. You know, some of those really good old classic movies um i don't think it's a movie you can do uh again i think it was a movie that you needed to do you know and i and i i think everything I, the cinematography was amazing um the locations were unique because you don't normally see james bond going to foggy old england you yeah. know to fight the uh bad guys but it always I, seems it was, like it's some exotic yeah location. but this was this was perfect i think for it it had enough exotic um, it played on. It, it was kind of a transitional movie, but they did it so perfectly uh, that so they did it so perfectly that Amazing Spider-Man Two should have taken notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if you want to know how you transition characters, that's how you transition characters. Watch Skyfall, and that's how you that's how you bring in a whole cast of new characters because that's what they did. Then the next James Bond movie that's coming out, uh, I think. Two years, next year. That two sounds years about ago, right. Something about every one, every three years. Um, that you'll you'll see it has brand new cast. The only person who's really original is is going to be Daniel Craig, um, who I think has done a good job with the uh, series and his movies and really revitalized um, uh, James Bond. Next to Sean Connery, he's my favorite. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think what they did with the movies was exactly what you did, what they needed to do, um, make them more. Like like how he is in the in the books, you know. He, yeah. He's got anxiety. He's got problems. He's got issues, um, and, and there's not so much of this cool, calm, collected. You know, you get to see a lot more uh, emotion out of him. And then finally, my last one, um, recently saw, and I know Joe Trincali can't really comment on this, was the uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. That was Great a good one. Movie. Yeah. I Great will. I've promised soon. I will comment. Yeah, I, and I, I won't say anything so about badly. it, but I, I say one of my favorite Wes Anderson films right up there with The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, another great one. Uh, that's one I need to see. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that one. But those those films, um, especially The Grand Budapest Hotel, I mean, it was crazy. It was Wes Anderson. It was great. I think it should be up there. It, it should be nominated. It won't be, but it should be. You know, I think it was that good of a movie. One that uh, I know all three of us have seen that I really enjoyed was Wolf of Wall Street. 
<laughs> no? No, no. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I, I enjoyed I Wolf of Wall Street. One did. qualm. I don't think it was long. too long. Too long. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep telling people, you could have cut a good 20 minutes out of that movie. I'm beating Joey Trincali again because I disagree with him. Okay, but here's the thing. Adam, lightsaber, Waldron. <laughs> I, I don't know. To me, I didn't feel the length. Some movies, I think you feel the length. I, and didn't, I didn't feel the length in that movie. I didn't feel the length up until it started to be repetitive. At the end. The last 20 or 30 minutes kind of... It kind of dragged a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because they started doing the same thing. Oh, are they going to catch me? Are they going to catch me? Oh, doing drugs, doing drugs. Oh, are they going to catch me? Are they going to catch me? Doing drugs, doing drugs. Did they need kind to have the scene where he uh, crawls on the ground for 10 minutes? Probably not. No. <laughs> My other qualm with it... I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Matthew McConaughey's character. Oh, yeah. yeah he was great. I think you said it the yeah. other day, similar to, to Godzilla, Godzilla and the marketing. Godzilla mismarketing, for sure. Where yeah. he's in the movie for eight minutes. That was great eight minutes. But it could have certainly yeah. upped the ante on the movie. But I thought the acting by Leonardo DiCaprio was really good. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, for what little he was in... I, I thought he did fantastic, which I, I remember he used to be known as, like, the goofball. And now yeah, he's a renowned actor. Bonafide, yeah. serious actor. Well, especially yeah. after Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, which, which I haven't seen I it, but I've heard either. it's great. Uh, hey, me neither. Been really, but I, I, from what I've heard, it was <laughs> yeah. just an amazing movie. Um, I, and I also heard, I, and I was cooking dinner last night. I think it was last night. It might have been the night before, but I heard Jonah Hill... Did that movie for like sixty thousand? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was so cool Everyone, because just because he wanted to do something with Scors- uh, Scorsese, Scorsese, yeah, and uh, he did it for like sixty k or something like that. And he's like, I, I mean, would have paid in in the movie, and yeah, I'd do it for sixty k too. Yeah, you know. I the, the thing that I liked about DiCaprio in the movie, and I don't want to come off as like, oh, I love everything that he does, but to me, he's at his best. When he's keeping you on your toes. In the end of that movie where you're not sure what he's going to do and he's off the chain and crazy and you're... And I remember sitting for... That's why I didn't mind the last 30 minutes because I'm sitting on in my seat the last 30 minutes not knowing what he's going to do and cringing at every decision that he makes, essentially. Uh, I enjoy that. I think that he does a great job with that kind of character. So yeah. I, I like, yeah, I agree I like with that. that aspect of it a lot. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll end on this, but Star Wars is filming as Joey does his little fist pump. Like, yes! <laughs> Adam waves our plastic lightsaber that we have in here. Or inflatable lightsaber, I should say. Photos are coming out. What do you guys think? Are you guys getting excited for it? Yeah, I you know this is one that I I think it's still it's not going to come out for still a little bit of time. So December two thousand fifteen. Yeah, um, so I'm not as jumping up and down. Um, to me, I as as I know that a lot of people are very very excited and cannot wait. But for me, I'd almost just like to not hear about anything and just let time kind of go by until yeah. we're about that a year out, and then I'll get That's excited fair. about it. But I think it's going to be great. I, I think it's. I think it's what they need to do. They need. I, th- I think that's just such an iconic franchise, and how the last three movies kind of summed up that whole saga. I think going in a new direction sometimes is, is, best is the best do. thing you can really do. You know, they can. They're they're no longer shackled by any script, or you know, because we all knew how. We knew where episode three was going to end up. Yeah, yeah. We all knew what was going to that that something bad was going to happen 
as we sat there for those three movies. And they've come out and said that all the Star Wars books and comics and video games and all that have been like taking place after the original trilogy, that isn't part of the real Star Wars universe, like the film universe. So they can and, go in any direction they and I think want. It's good. And I think, that, I think it's great. And I think that that also will give... Um, I think the timing of it is perfect, you know. Yeah. I look at I look at it and I sit there and say, okay, you see the people that went and saw the originals, the original threes. That was that generation. And I think when I was a kid and in, in episode one and two and then ultimately three was kind of, you know, I feel like those were those were our movies. And then now you, you've got this new kind of. I think it's good for the franchise. I think it kind of keeps Star Wars. Uh, reaching yeah relevant and reaching out to a new audience and not just the the older the older kids that still like to dress up this movie is gonna kill yeah i mean it's gonna crush regardless as to whether or not it sucks it's going to make so much money is it gonna break out is it gonna gonna i I think it's going to think about how many you have like you were just kind of mentioning you have the the original diehards which are people that are probably mid 30s right now and older. Uh, yeah, 30s. 30s. I'd even say 40s. Yeah, 30 yeah. to 35 to 50 are a lot of diehard people that grew up with it hmm. sort of thing. You have our generation that loves that that has loves the old stuff and grew up with the new stuff and we're excited for something different. And then you have all these people that are younger than us that have been with the comics and with the the video games and with the, the, the animated series that they've done. And I, I can't, I, I was a summer counselor a few years back. The kids love Star Wars and they don't even know anything about the, the, you know, the six episodes that have come out. They know it from, you know, coloring books and, and, and you know, cartoons and stuff like that. So to me, in another year or whatever, you're going to get a group of, a huge, huge group of people that are going to go see that, and that's why I think it's going to kill. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the movie itself, just because I want it to be good, and I think it's in good hands, and I think that, kind of what you and I have talked about, Derek, that the universe is so good that if, if it's treated the right way, obviously it can go back to being really fantastic. Yeah, I think they just need to let it let it, let it come naturally. You know, yeah. I think uh, just like you said, the universe is so so good, so well detailed. There's so much in there that you know, and I think they need to capture kind of some of the spirit of the original Star Wars trilogy, and that is that they can do anything that they want. They they that's the whole point of Star Wars is that it's happening in a galaxy far far away. <laughs> you know, yeah. they've got the freedom to bring the sci-fi of the future to, yeah. to, to now, to, to happen now. And I think that's what, it's kind of what they've got to, the approach that they've got to take with, with these. And I'm glad that there's old cast members. I think that's great. I don't know if they're going to end up all the way through these new, I don't know. Are they doing three? Is Seven, that eight, and nine, yes. Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to end up all the way through those three. Uh, if they do, great. If they don't, I understand. Um, but I think at least for this first one, that that alone is going to to really drive drive this and really cement Star Wars. There's no getting around it. That's that's probably the the most successful film franchise uh, in 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 history. I mean, you really can. 
if I had a time machine, I would love to go back to May of 1977 when the first Star Wars came out and just go to a theater and watch it. Like, and I find would, out I who shot first. That too. <laughs> but just knowing the history that's about to happen and no one else around me knows it, I think would be it would just be really a cool thing to do. And, but and do, you, do you think that Episode Seven is going to break Avatar? I, I think so. And let me put it this way. Because I didn't think Avatar was going <laughs> to set the record. Uh, I thought Titanic was probably going to stay up there yeah. for a while. I didn't know if anything was ever going to break Titanic. Um, by the way, really happy that Skyfall broke the top ten. Just personal. I think. Oh, it's, did it? It's like cool. six or seven, isn't it? I don't know. That's awesome. Well, you guys finish up. I'll, I'll research yeah, yeah. that and come back with that. But yes, it's in the top ten. Um, I because obviously a big James Bond fan. But um, yeah, I I think if there was ever a perfect condition, a perfect time, this is it all kind of a perfect storm of popularity. Totally. Um, I think I think it's. I mean, this movie has been brewing. We've been simmering on this for well over thirty years. Think about how big episode one was. Yeah, it was out. huge. It oh, was yeah. huge, and it sucked. <laughs> it wasn't that great. God, I gotta watch that thing. So, <laughs> it's gonna be tonight. So, I might go buy it. So if it's, I'm just going to Best Buy and buying it. So if it's good, I think it's gonna crush. And there's a lot, and there's as much good feelings as what episode because when, before episode one came out, there was a lot of great feelings about it. Yeah, people were excited. And people thought it was gonna be awesome, and I think that people feel the same way about episode seven. And yeah. so I think that hopefully it doesn't build up to being too much. Um, I think they would be. I think that they would be smart to go in a bit of a darker direction and not. I think they're going to and not episodes one through three darker, weird, whiny Anakin version. But, but, gosh, I saw this. It was a made-up fan poster, and it was uh, Skyfall's number nine, by the way. Nice. Um, it was a made-up fan poster that came out a few years ago. And, you know, with posters like the fans make, it's whatever. And, you know, it, it obviously couldn't drive a whole storyline. But it was, a, it was a picture, and in the background you see kind of this caped figure. And, and on the ground there's a cracked Darth Vader mask. I know which one you're talking about, And it yeah. says something, I don't remember what it says exactly, but it says something to the effect of, you know, dark, it's almost like a darkness doesn't, die yeah it's just transferred and so it's like yeah you know what there's so there's always evil out there and there's always going to be a need for jedi to, to stop this evil and i think that if they go in that sort of direction where you know it, it's been what i guess it's gonna be like 30 years into the future or something like that it takes place 30 years after return of the jedi so if you have this idea that again simmering and brewing there's been something under coming up eventually that would be a really cool direction for it to go, and I think that'd be. Smart. And I, I think something that we can take away right here is I'm I'm actually got right now the the worldwide grossing, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Avatar is at the top with uh, 2.7 billion, um, mm-hmm. billion, yeah, it's billion, 2.7 billion dollars <laughs> gross worldwide. Uh, Titanic right there, two point. God, James Cameron must be really uh, rich, <laughs> really rich, really rich guy. Uh, you got Avengers at 1.5 billion, 
uh, Harry Potter at a 1.3 billion. But you know, outside of of Avatar and Titanic, you see these Iron Man three 1.2, uh, Transformers Dark Side of the Moon 1.1, uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King 1.1 billion. It, All those sequels movies yes. are sequels. It might take Episode nine to do it. Episode nine, I think, because it's not really a. It, even though it is, these are movies that that basically they pushed the rock. You know, the, yeah. you started with Batman Begins, Dark Knight, then Dark Knight Rises, and there's your peak. Yeah, you know, Transformers one, Transformers two, then your peak. You know, but this once again, we haven't had a movie in a while, and really, to we haven't had a movie with these. Characters. But it benefits from its past success. Yeah. So that's why I think Seven could possibly do it. And 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 I think yeah, and Seven and and I that's why I'm thinking Seven is more like Avatar and Titanic. Yeah, it is not a product of its previous success, short term success. Agreed. I think yeah, it, it yeah. has all the good aspects of the Titanic mm. with the added kick in the butt of. The success that the you know first. I just don't understand how Titanic got there. By the way, if you and think neither here nor there. If you think about it, it made that much money in the '90s, where yeah. movie tickets were a lot cheaper than and, they are now. And, I, and with the same with the same idea, fifteen sitting at fifteen is Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and that was uh, looks to be about one point. Uh, zero two seven billion, yeah, worldwide. Which, you know, kind of is our point. Ticket prices cheaper. That at the time that would was probably within the top ten. At the time, because I see a lot of movies like Frozen. (laughs) Pretty much, I see a lot of movies that's ahead of it. That 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 are recent within the within the new millennium. Yeah. And I will say the thing that makes me the happiest about seeing these photos that have been leaked, they're using practical effects mm-hmm. and not CG. Yeah. Because Not just because it's how the old movies were made, but it makes sense continuity-wise. Yeah. Because the originals technically take place after the prequels, and things are a lot less advanced. And I think having that look will attract the... Die Hard saying, oh, this isn't going to be like the prequels. It's going to be like the original ones that we know and love so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fanatic. Um, I'm not a Star Wars fanboy or anything, but I, I will say I think it's time for a new Star Wars. I think I'm going to enjoy the new movies, you know. I'd agree. Was well, there anything else you guys would like to add before we call this an episode? Because we've actually... Been talking for over an hour. Oh my gosh! Really? Hold on, I, I've got to check my sources before I say this. Shit. Um, Is it Twister? Yeah, it's Twister. Yes, Twister. It, it involves Twister. I'll the say tagline: what? "The Dark Side of Nature." Love it. I, I'll um, say I, I actually do kind of like that. Derek Diamond's a movie genius. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's it. There's there's a lot I haven't seen. Twister. First movie to ever be released on DVD. First movie ever to be released on DVD. And they wear that as a badge of honor. Last movie ever to be put on HD DVD. As far as like our... Yeah, as far as uh, uh, on putting them on those those, uh, awful movies. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, anyway, thanks for coming on the show, guys. This was a, a fun movie discussion.
Yeah. I, I think we hashed some things out. I don't think me and Joey really got into it as far as... I feel like Maury right now. <laughs> did you, you did spl- spill my blood? I did not. I gave you a pass. I appreciate that. Man, if we would have talked the day after seeing Spider-Man... As we discussed at one point, we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we, we had we, talked about doing that. Derek, you're going to have to start bringing these things in right, like, literally, we get out of the theater and we go steak and shake. <laughs> I, if you want some real good reaction, that, that's... I'll just bring my little portable recorder <laughs> yeah. and just hit it as soon as we walk out of the theater. Boom. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you, Derek, for having us on, and hopefully this will not uh, bypass the uh, Unicorn Wrangler. <laughs> so we'll come in number two. It'll be the Titanic to my avatar. <laughs> Thanks, Derek. That'll do it for episode 12 of the Derek Diamond Experience. Thanks again to Adam and Joey for coming on for that really fun discussion about movies. And next week we will be continuing discussing movies and also delving into the world of modeling with two actresses from the upcoming film Lost Souls, Brandy Merriweather and Kayla Campbell. So be sure to stick around for that. And don't forget, you can follow this show on Twitter at DDiamondExp, like us on Facebook at The Derek Diamond Experience, and you can also follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And if you have any questions or suggestions for guests, feel free to email me at ddiamondpodcast at gmail.com. And that'll do it. See you guys on Monday, June the 16th.